1: Hear that? That's the sound of my just-got-a-payment-worth-three-months-of-payroll face, also known as my pay face. It happens when I can accept credit and debit cards, bank transfer, and mobile pay with Intuit QuickBooks. That's payments made easy. Wait, I thought this ad was over. Oh no, here comes my holding-in-a-squeal-in-front-of-a-customer face. And my, whoa, getting-paid-twice-as-fast face. Thanks for that, QuickBooks.
2: QuickBooks payments account subject to eligibility. Twice as fast based on customer use comparison from August 2019 to July 2020. Hey, Lori, I'm excited. It's season two of Dear Therapists, and we can't wait to share these all new sessions with you.
1: In season two, we're going deep on issues like narcissistic exes, mother-daughter issues,
3: Instagram cheating, shopping addiction.
1: So here's our advice to you right now. Subscribe to Dear Therapists on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode.
0: We'll see you in session.
4: Welcome to this very special episode of Bear and a Banjo. This is the making of the podcast podcast. This is uh, a conversation with my collaborators, Dennis Quaid, who you all know from his amazing film, uh, TV, and music career, as well as my music collaborator, Pooh Bear. Uh, And in case you don't know him, he's worked on some of the biggest songs of all time, including all the songs off Justin Bieber's Purpose, Where Are You Now, What Do You Mean. His Desposito remix was a global smash. His uh, 10,000 Hours is currently the top country song in the nation, and he worked with Ed Sheeran and Bieber on the last song that they did called I Don't Care. But more uh, to the point, he created this amazing uh, Americana music with me uh, for this project, and I really wanted to bring people inside how we got from an extremely interesting but uh, somewhat esoteric idea, all the way from it just being a concept album to being what is Bear and a Banjo. We start the conversation in my airstream with Dennis Quaid, and then we go across town to Black Star Studios, where Pooh Bear works out of, for us to complete the conversation and talk about the music piece. Uh, I hope you all enjoy, and we really, really appreciate the audience that is following us on this journey. Thank you so much, and. Here's our behind the podcast podcast on Bear and a Banjo.
0: You're right,
5: I'm right. She's, gone. she's gone,
4: That's that's kind of how our uh, our actual friendship started through music. That's a weird way into this podcast, but
0: that is oh, how yeah, we yeah, that's yeah. how we met. How uh, T Bone T Bone T Bone's house
4: about two years ago. Yeah, I get a call. I'm sitting on my couch. I'm drunk on my couch, and he goes, hey, do you, anytime T-Bone goes to you, hey, do you want to meet somebody? You always say yes, because you don't know who it's going to be. It's either yeah. going to be you that's true. or Elvis Costello or Elton John or Nick Pizzolato. but that's how we met. I came over, and I was like, oh, I know who that is. That's Dennis Quaid. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I'll, I'll let Zach set this up, because
6: that's oh, that's, uh, that's an good excellent way to set it. this yeah. up, yeah. and uh, I do want to say who you were just hearing right there was Dennis Quaid on the guitar and vocals. Jingle Jared Gutstadt, chiming in with the story, the T-Bone Burnett story, of course, who plays a big role in the podcast we're about to talk about. Uh, So let me just welcome you right now to a very special Beyond the Podcast of sorts. My name is Zach Selwyn, and I was uh, very lucky to play multiple roles in this show, Bear and a Banjo, which is a hit musical podcast, I believe you can call it at this point. It is climbing the charts, and uh, I'm lucky to be joined right now by... Lead actor, uh, Dennis Quaid, one of the stars of the show. Uh, and executive well, yeah. producer. Yeah. As well as an executive producer, as well as uh, it, the creator. And, I? Yeah, I think it's you are. One of you my are. titles. Right? You're an exec- exactly. one of them. You have a lot on this, uh, as is Jared Gutstad, who's uh, also here with me, who's the creator, musical man. You're, you're a musical man. That's one of your things. Musical man. <laughs> musical director, I would say, with uh, Pooh Bear, your partner, who we're also going to be talking about. A very magical man,
0: actually, because uh, Bear and Banjo would not exist if it were not for jingle jared
4: it's been the craziest experience of my life but i mean uh just uh meeting all the people surrounding this thing is uh has led to us doing something just totally different in the world of storytelling and i guess that's what we're doing today we're telling people a little bit about this very complicated story of music storytelling history facts made up facts (laughs) and the rest Uh, of it you know
0: well we're all making we're just making it up as we go along this Mm -hmm. is a podcast i had never listened to a podcast myself being 65 years old sure but podcasts are really growing but uh we met uh jared and i over at t-bone's house he wanted to get us together because he thought there was something there it had to do with music and um he was doing this podcast with Bone and Dylan actually and started Pooh Bear. the
4: record before even that. Like when we met, you, I it was just a record,
0: and you had just finished the record. Yeah, right? and is time that true? Is so
4: strange because yeah. we met and then a year to the day, we were on the phone, and I said, "Hey, do you want to fly with me to Las Vegas?" Because I just two things had happened. I'd finished the record, didn't know what to do with it, and there were these. Eight songs that Pooh Bear and I did with uh, T Bone, and one song that we collaborated with Dylan. And that's Bob. That's Bob. How'd Dylan, you get the way. idea
0: to release a record as a podcast, so which is a first? I right?
4: was sitting on my couch a year after we met. It was one Christmas. Then the next year, I'm sitting here and Buster Scruggs is on TV. And I get a text from someone who works in my company and they go, Hey, one of our biggest clients, iHeart, just bought a podcast network. And as I'm having my second martini, I go, oh shit, I wrote a <laughs> podcast musical. Uh-huh. I call you and I'm like, what are you doing in January? We're going to Vegas. And you're like, for what? I was like, we're going to pitch a podcast.
0: Yeah, I remember I was on the 405 when you actually called me Now, when you that. first hear that, are you going, What? first of all, what the hell is a podcast? Secondly, well, between the time I had met him and uh, then, I kind of knew what they were. Okay. But- all I really, the closest I can was what I uh, used to hear on the radio out here, which were old radio plays replayed on KNX 1070. And, yeah, you know, they're fun to listen to. That's uh, But yeah. I also thought, I thought podcasts maybe were just interviews with right. people or they, they were sort of just a way for people who had blogs to just get on and just talk about themselves or whatever they were interested in. Like what endlessly. we're doing here
4: right now. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, what's in, what's
6: interesting, and you sort of touched on it a second ago, is that this is a one-of-a-kind show. I mean, I, people are saying in the press everywhere you read that this is the world's first musical, dramatic, fictional podcast. Yes. Which is cool. You've created your own sort of
0: niche here, which is... Using, well, using a podcast to release and promote a record. Yeah. What a great idea. I mean, what I did think of when... Uh, we were forming this idea was redheaded stranger willie nelson's album oh, yeah um which has a continuous theme through it and you know that was back in the days when we all would read the liner notes and we'd we'd hold that record you know with the vinyl and usually a sleeve inside and read all about it who had done it and uh Sometimes it was like a a podcast on print, the way they would come up thematically to release uh, on the sleeve of the record, you know, to put one on you. Uh, Case in point, the Beatles, I buried Paul. But I would live with, I would
4: live in the music. Like I listened to Tommy this morning. And if Tommy was out now because of the Mm -hmm. way the record business is, it would be because I guess people gave the audience a little bit more credit with the music back in the day where the music would speak for itself and you'd Mm -hmm. sort of you know through the press they'd say oh this is about you know a person and you know it's the pinball wizard and this person can't see and can't talk and can't hear Right. but nowadays we're in a very noisy world where every there's netflix there's hulu there's nbc there's cbs there's five Dennis Quaid movies a year, (laughs) all of them crushing at the box office. Six, Six. and a TV show. Yeah, but uh, at least that's the hype. When we got into the podcast conversation, I looked at everything that was out there, and I saw, you know, I love, and this is a a shout out to Malcolm Gladwell, I love what Malcolm Gladwell does, I love what NPR does, I love what New York Times, The Daily, and I'm probably promoting things that are off the iHeart Network by accident, (laughs) but I said the one thing that no one has done yet is used music in an audio format. So when you and I went to, this is the best thing, is that Dennis, everyone thinks you know Hollywood's a place where people call agents and managers. And it actually is a fairly right. big, it's it's actually a fairly accessible place if you just do it the right way. And I call him and I go, we're going to Vegas. We're going to pitch an idea. And Dennis, uh, I was like, I want to do this with you. I, w- I don't want you to like be talented and I want to make it with you. And we went there, and he goes, "We fly out." Went to Las Vegas. Yeah,
0: we have this. Went to Las Vegas. And and he's
4: like, "What's it about?" I was like, "Let's just have you were doing an iHeart event." Yeah, we were, and we were out there for CS. And uh, he goes, "Do you know what it's about yet?" I was like, "Well, it's sort of like Cohen Brothers, and it's also like you know Lomax, and it's and we we do all
0: I knew that it was a history history of music, uh, and you know when those guys spread out from New York where they're mobile." Recording Mm -hmm. devices and uh, recorded the Carter family and, you know, Jimmy Rogers and all those people that were early part of radio because radio was new. And uh, so I thought in my head that that it was going to be about what if the Lomaxes in the recording machine had passed by the Carter family farm, say, 50 miles and recorded someone else instead. And the Carters had missed it. What would music be like nowadays? Mm -hmm. It might be different. Yeah and that truthfully by him saying that in the room
4: like so
2: that sold we, it right
4: there well we go the night before we had this amazing awesome dinner with all these executives and everyone's like oh we're in town we're pitching a podcast it sounds like something that you say when you're in a media event and then the right. next day on the way up the elevator I'm like oh shit I don't actually know what <laughs> you don't <laughs> actually doing. have a pitch and I'm killing time <laughs> before Dennis gets there and he gave me a chance to warm up the room to be like it's gonna be about 30 minutes each oh, I was late and we I have some music up. and we played because I music. thought it
0: was in the same hotel yeah. turns out it wasn't. <laughs> it was like at a hotel where circus, I had to take a taxi and go across, go across <laughs> the freeway forever. And, it we all the cross, and, the and then they let of, yeah. me off at the wrong entrance, and I couldn't <laughs> find the place. And so by this time, in this hour of meeting, that he's got he's got eight minutes left and he's been vamping the entire There's time. a one <laughs> beat of sweat. <laughs> you guys want to
6: hear the pawn stars theme again? Yeah. There's For one
4: bead of sweat forming <laughs> on my forehead, and then Dennis walks in and goes, Dennis Quaid is here. <laughs> nice. And then everyone forgets the fact that we're in a pitch, they're all very Excited, I said. Dennis Quaid is late. Is late. but oh, they me. Loved. Dennis you know, Quaid is late. His. We all love music, and at the end of the day, we knew that it was just to in caveman speak. We knew that it was about music. Yes. Fun. Foundationally, yeah. Along, we knew that we wanted to do something like elevated liner notes, and Connell, God bless him, helped us. Connell. And then, yeah, from my heart, he goes, it. "I get it. It's liner notes brought to life. It's an album. You have that. It's red. Then you stranger. have to write the thing, and yes. he goes, Find and- me a writer.'" and then i, connell, I th-
0: connell had a furrowed brow of yeah. interest
4: yes and then we leave <laughs> my favorite part is dennis's flight is like vegas is weird everyone gets their flight with one minute left but dennis <laughs> is like oh shit what time is it
6: i'm like it's uh, 1:30. He goes, my
4: flight's at two yeah. so we go down and he goes your pitch was flimsy i think they bought it though <laughs> 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 and lo and behold
2: It's crazy how much we have to pay for outdated, impersonal healthcare, and even crazier that we all just accept it. It's time to face facts. Healthcare is backwards. Luckily, there's Forward, a new approach to primary care that's surprisingly personal and refreshingly straightforward. Forward never makes you feel like just another patient. Backed by top rated doctors and the latest tech, Forward gives you access to personalized care whenever you need it. Using in-depth genetic analysis and real-time blood work, FORWARD's top-rated doctors provide you with in-depth insights to better understand your genetics, mental, and physical health. They then create custom, easy-to-understand plans to help guide you to achieving long-term health. With FORWARD, you get unlimited in-person visits with your doctor and access to care anytime via the FORWARD app, all for one flat monthly fee. It's time to stop accepting backwards health care and start moving your health forward. Visit GoForward.com today to learn more. That's GoForward.com. This is Miami's own DJ EFN,
6: co-host of the Drink Champs podcast on the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. Every week, Nori and I sit down with the most legendary artists, producers, and icons in the music industry and the culture at large. So if you like to hear some legendary stories, Learn some hip hop history or just want to have a good laugh, make sure you go to subscribe to Drink Champs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
4: But well, here's I, two, I
6: was, a, a question yeah. for you, just about the podcast in general. You mentioned well, I mean, yeah. people who are now expecting to hear if you haven't listened to Baron Banjo, download it now. Listen to the entire season, whatever's available up, just get caught up here people it but turns out that the question is, was kind
0: of the story it was,
6: <laughs> yeah, that was it. but if people are looking to listen to a typical musical episode like you know what you might see on you know broadway or in a crazy ex-girlfriend that's not what you're gonna get here it's like the music is more of like an easter egg to the actual story the story being about the music
4: we're right? trying to secretly right. teach people about musical history i have It's weird because as dumb as I am, I do love long form entertainment and learning about secret history so ken burns doc which wasn't even out at the time that we started right right. this is almost like when you look at one of those ken burns photos and you keep pulling back and all of a sudden bear and banjo are there yeah yeah who are those why are those two guys there like and we sort of had a hunch and then the strangest thing happened which we go to south by southwest and connell who's really really smart and gail who's really really smart goes why don't you and dennis and pooh bear come to south by open for tim mcgraw talk about it again the way you did in the room with dennis talking Pooh and i play a few songs and it was like this pt barnum moment where it felt like we were baron banjo yes and well you
0: were baron banjo and he's got this like the jacket he's got a whole this suit jacket suit oh i mean the toriador outfit it's from head to toe in purple and i spangles. pre-spent the money uh, yeah well, you guys and,
4: have a, a budget
5: I've never never known what it is.
0: (laughs) I figure out what is the point where we can go hit the stopwatch and go, okay, that's it. Money is stopped spending. (laughs) But
4: the craziest thing about that all, like just thinking about how surreal it was uh, at that moment at South by. We opened for Tim McGraw, who's one of the biggest country stars in the world, and even Tim afterwards was like, "What was that? What was like, that? Wow, cool! What is that?" I will and, let you know. <laughs> yeah, figuring. we don't know. All right. And Figure and Bear is so humble; he shows. And I love the moment before we go on stage because everyone's so cool. You know, Dennis is like lives in the moment, so it's always ten minutes before we go on stage where I'm starting to like actually feel the nerves. That he's like, "What are we doing here?" Right. He's <laughs> you know, like, re- "Remind me, I what is to- this?" And I say, Dennis. We're pitching again, but this time to brands. And Hooper then goes with me, What are we, which project? What are we doing here? <laughs> it doesn't really give me a chance to really get nervous about things because then it, it really is like a circus. We run this thing like a media circus. Like, it's a new form, it's a new art form, I think. Is there an ultimate goal
6: for the podcast as a show? Is it a television thing? Is it a tour? What do you guys think? Well, sort I think it foresee? should be,
0: I think it should be unto itself. And from that can come things. Uh, I think. Uh like television shows. If the story is of enough interest and it has an audience, so many movies that are made into T V series. Here's one for you? not a podcast made into it. And story. and
6: hey, guess what became a movie? Redheaded
4: Stranger. Yeah. And you know? so it did- Tommy, I think they had a weird did one. Tommy, Tommy was yeah, a film. I did. Sure, Yeah, I Sergeant Peppers had a really bad We're one. Jack Nicholson which, singing. Right? Yes. And that. Elton John oh, did yeah. a kick ass version of Pinball Wizard. Yeah. That's actually my favorite version. No kidding. That was one. But Encino Man was a Who album.
6: Am I wrong? Weezing the juice. Who wrote me these notes.
4: I'm sorry.
0: The Encino Man reference you got. I love it how we have gotten it. And we get every episode. I feel like
4: we. We should go from Polly Shore to the Bob Dylan of it all. I would love and, to talk about my man Bob Dylan. Segway segue, because the uh, funny thing is that that, to me, like, we always gloss, we even glossed over this at South by it every now and then someone's like, oh yeah, and Bob Dylan's involved.
6: I would like to talk about those. as well. I've known Jared about almost 10 years now, I think, and for, Bob Dylan's been, you know, him, you're two heroes, him and Weird Al, which hmm. is a bizarre but beautiful thing and about McCartney. And, and of course Paul, really yeah, Paul McCartney.
0: In Branson, Missouri, by the way. <laughs> oh
6: and yeah. hey, they all are it's a good theater town okay uh you know i i just want to know my i guess first of all you got to work with your hero how did that come about
4: and can you just sort of break down what the song how, is that he like, wrote as fast as you can how much time do we have because right it is, dennis right. and i had this amazing philosophical conversation last week and i'm not going to get too deep into it but I, all I will say is that, and I'll give you my philosophical answer, and then I'll give you my literal one, is Dylan lives in service of the universe. He's not actually, you know, there's people who've played in bands with him. There's T-Bone, uh, who's, you know, produced our music. And you can you can work with this person. You may never meet him. You may never talk to him. You may never, and, and you're like, is it shtick? Is this some sort of idea to, like, psych people out? And I think in the Rolling Thunder review, one of the guitarists was interviewed, and they're like,
0: "What was it like, you know, for the time you were with him?" He's like, "I never met him." Like, wow. Well, all right. of that, all of that has been true for Dylan throughout his career. The the mystique of that he brings with things.
4: It's a full commitment to your life in service of the universe, because there are people that are mysterious that exist in different time scapes than you, where they can disappear for ten years, show up for five, disappear for ten again, like. In in a weird way, every now and then, I, I always say this even with Pooh Bear. Sometimes there's like, in a lifetime, there's a few artists that are the beacon of all ideas of the universe. Whether it was the Beatles, Dylan, and you can laugh, but Pooh Bear with with Bieber, Bieber has is the only artist in the world that has like billions of streams off multiple songs. You don't need to like his music, but clearly billions well, I sure of people do. Him. And what he's and done. and you just dis- and your life. Looks different because of how many people digest what you're doing. And Dylan has been doing that now for holy shit, since the what was it, the early 60s? Yeah,
0: since what, 61, 2, 3. And we just saw him last
4: weekend killing it on stage at 78. Yeah. 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 And that was something. But the weird thing was, it was like dealing with some secret organization. Like, I don't want to say too much because I just don't want to like. Uh, he his whole thing is obfuscation so hey t-bone i want to in this project it would be really cool if we took a basement tape song and pooh bear the biggest top line writer of our time and i the biggest jingle guy writer, or whatever <laughs> i throw myself in the history but i just you gotta ask or you don't get so uh, t-bone goes hey man that's cool i'll ask nothing for uh, for wow, a year right a year later hey man what happened with the dylan thing a year later I'm in Nashville. I'm at a bar. And I meet this guy, John Ingrasa. Oh, uh, who are you? I'm Jingle Jared. Oh, yeah, I've heard of you're working with uh, T-Bone. He's my client. And he goes, what's going on with that project? I was like, well, we're going to wrap it up soon. But I've been trying to get to this like Dylan lyric thing where we do like a basement tape thing. And he goes, oh, yeah, I used to work over at Sony. Let me see if I can talk to his manager. Through some bizarre back channeling, I'm at my cottage in Canada. And I get a phone call from him and Dylan's manager, and they go, we Google Jingle Punks. We think it's really interesting, but we have questions about Pooh Bear. <laughs> of course, oh, all of a, things, who's this Pooh, Pooh Bear like, guy? Pooh Bear, the most established writer right. in the <laughs> world. They go, what, is, what do you mean, and where are you now? And I, and and I why do they have billions of streams? Yeah, and yeah. I said, I said Pooh Bear writes songs that are questions. What do you mean? Where are you now? <laughs> they, they, that's his thing. And, they go, and he goes, okay, we'll call you back. They sp- apparently speak to Bob Dylan, who had, by the way, no problem with Jingle Punks or Jingle Jerry? But Pooh Bear was his questionable and we, source. And then yeah. they call back and they go, he's going to send you an email right now. I get the lyrics, and a week later, and Pooh Bear should tell the story, because wow. Pooh Bear is unmoved by a lot of things just because he's, you know, like you, he's, he's seen yeah. it, he's done I I am the tourist in this whole project. I've never been in a blockbuster movie. I've never been in a, had a hit song I've created a jingle company, and when that thing sort of came into focus, I put the lyric sheet on uh, Pooh Bear's uh, desk right in front of me. He goes, oh, Bob Dylan wrote this? I was like, yeah, he goes, cool. 20 minutes later, the song's Then I was like, that's it. He goes, yeah, we're done. And then I had to send it back to T-Bone. who had to send it back there, and then they're like, this is great. Produce it. Now, what's the song called? That one is Gone But Not Forgotten, and that is the – gonna be the final episode of the season uh gone but not forgotten and that script is a badass script with uh tom piazza wrote it for dennis and a leading lady and you did that with rosanna Rosanna am i in that one no
0: god damn it (laughs) (laughs) that's
6: all right i still technically work with dylan Um, there's a book component
4: coming out to Baron a Banjo, Jared, is that something that... I keep surprising Dennis,
6: <gasps> but Yeah, yes. once again. bro,
0: well, you again. had no idea, yeah, yeah. Here How go. does this
4: work? So uh, this is, <laughs> I, I am, I'm all in on the audio universe. Here's what I want to do. I want you and I to have a concept and I want to write it like this. And then I want to transcribe the book based on a m- multiple hour conversation. I have a, an idea of where it goes after season one. And, uh, you know, Baron Banjo could show up anywhere. They could show up in Seattle at the dawn of grunge. They could show, show up in Show up Japan. at Studio 54. They could it's show hilarious. up at Studio 54. Yeah. And that I'd love to write some new stories with you about that because I feel like every press thing we've done so far, people are just strangely comparing it also to Quantum Leap. Where huh. they just, like, jump from time to time
0: without explaining yeah. it? now that we've proved that they actually existed, mm-hmm. now we can tell really some more tell.
4: Reggae, 77 history. in Jamaica. Yes, uh, yes. Oh. N.W.A. Hate yeah. Ashbury, N.W.A., <laughs> anything.
0: Montego Bayman.
4: But it's a great way to educate people, I think, about music. I love music history, and I look forward to the day that Ken Burns does the, uh, The 19-hour documentary on mumble rap. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting there, right? We're going to get there.
6: Juice World was a talented young man. (laughs) Uh, So a lot to look forward to in the Baron Banjo universe. Great. You got to try this. What are we drinking here, by the way? I'm
4: having Japanese whiskey.
6: I I was having a glass of red wine, but Dennis brought us his little something from uh, Nashville, is it? That's actually shine. We're wow. drinking moonshine, yeah. people. Out of the jar here. Oh, my Lord. The Golden mason Harvest, jar. a mason jar. I mean, this is the real shit. Excuse me. This is the real it, stuff right the here. Re- <laughs> <laughs> the real shine. It's definitely sipping. Mm-hmm.
4: It's really good. It warms the whole body. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Very good. nice.
6: Can I ask you a question, Dennis? I know you have a vast musical background. Growing up, watching you, you know, playing the killer, incredible performance. You play in a band the sharks. Yes. And uh you've been around music. I mean, you were strumming earlier. How did your musicianship help you like kind of I guess T-Bone introduced you guys because you guys have a mutual love mm-hmm. for certain types of music, but for his Dr. Q's character, was there like a little bit about your past or your love of this music that really attracted you to the character?
0: Well, I grew up in Texas uh in Houston, which is very much Texas and kind of also Western Louisiana, yeah. in a while, there's a kind of a real gumbo of music that you down there. And my dad was also really into Frank Sinatra and, and Dean Martin. And, and so I had a very kind of wide musical range uh, growing up that was in my house or on the radio. And uh, music has always been a part of my life. And, but uh, acting came along, and that was the path that opened up to me. But music has always been a part of even my acting career. In many ways, I've sold songs to movies. Hmm. I was uh, done musical movies. And I mean, just have
4: fun with it. It's, It's something that burns in me. Great balls of fire. The footage that you showed me with you and Cowboy Jack Clement and like getting. Taught by Jerry Lee Lewis. I yeah. mean, that's one, that's crazy.
0: That's one of those lucky life uh, experiences. I mean, I'd love yeah, to get
4: guitar Jerry lessons.
0: Speaker, piano teacher. <laughs> I was going to say, I'd love for Elvis to
4: teach me guitar <laughs> uh, or Johnny yeah, right. Cash. That'd be yeah, fun. Yeah, it's, <laughs> true. it's like a master class online yeah, now. You know? Charlie a the Chocolate Factory moment. Yeah. Dude, you've had the most fascinating <laughs> existence. You know, the people you've met. And sometimes you're, you, again, with Dr. Q and you in real life, that's. Kind of the inspiration for it. You tell me things and I pretend and I nod and I go, Oh, I know about that. And then I go home and I Google it because I don't want to seem like I don't know what I'm talking about. And then I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know that Cowboy Jack Clement did this. And I didn't know that the Carter Cash family. Oh, I didn't know that you know Tanya Tucker. I didn't know any of these things. And or Jerry Lee, your connection to American music is so deep. The fact that like Loretta Lynn this year. At the, the uh, you know, the Ryman
0: when they did that big tribute. You were up there with American history. Well, that, that was like one of those zealot moments because, you know, I didn't belong there. They just motioned for me to come over. <laughs> next thing you know, I'm sitting next to a little Loretta Lynn. But you live across just, both oh god worlds. I was just uh, adored all my life and idolized and, you know, just, just it's the lucky life. Love it. They say what's the like Barry but I never played. I never played piano when I got to Great Balls of Fire. I, I I didn't play piano. I played guitar, but I had a year to to learn it, and Your I sat at a piano for twelve hours a day. Wow. learning and and Jerry Lee was one of my teachers. He would like really slow down the licks, kind of, and then also just being around him a lot. Wow, you know, and I just worked on the left hand. That's all it is. It's an right. athletic move.
4: Uh, Really, Dennis's uh, passion for not only music, but also the intensity of anything he's into at the moment, Uh, him committing to it 100%. He would reset by playing a bunch of uh, these songs on the piano, and I would be like, oh, Dennis is here. And, and I was thinking to myself, man, I worked a six-hour day. And I'm exhausted. And I'm uh, exhausted. Uh, and I'm like, I'm, the, uh, I'm Brentwood tired. And, Brentwood tired. That's that a, t- that that a TV show. A Brentwood and then do, tired. And I was like, I-, I bet you, and I thought to myself before I knew him well, I was like, I bet you he'll just do, he'll read and he'll just be like, we're done. But he, perf- like every take, he would read it and then he would do, I always know when you're ready to really do it because you'll read it. You'll read it again and you'll be like, all right, we're going yeah, back. Yeah, now we're going back. And he right. wants, and he, it, that's the cool thing about podcasting is that, look, it's not supposed to be an actor format. It's really supposed to be a talk format, but you also don't have to do a ton of the prep as an actor because in the room you're adapting. And the coolest thing was the final episode with Rosanna, that live two person read.
0: Yeah. And it's also, people don't see you. It's radio. So you create a character through your voice and right. you, um, It feels very improvisational Mm -hmm. as as you're going along. And uh, the audience uses its imagination, which is that is the beauty of podcasts. You create a visual, a
6: soundscape through the music and the words. And then you have a visual that you're driving around wherever you listen to your podcast on the train, you know, if you're in New York or whatever, suddenly you're transported to that. Yeah, that world. and creating it's
4: stories been the most to me the most exciting projects i've ever been part of and just so everyone has some context for my six hour brentwood day i actually woke up in san francisco this morning because i was meeting with our label empire who's putting out the soundtrack we came back here uh did this with dennis and now we're gonna go talk to pooh bear about the music down in uh studio city but uh this is amazing dennis thank has you so been much great. thank you for this opening has been a up, great uh,
0: ride yeah absolutely really great ride
4: so look for Baron banjo the lunchbox Baron banjo the musical
0: Baron banjo <laughs> <laughs> the prophylactic what uh, else we uh, <laughs> the flame floor. well I've, I've got my Baron banjo keychain right here there we go yeah, you guys it's got, got one of those. it's got one of those zip ties that you know oh, comes like a out like yeah, I can never oh. lose this <laughs> thing
4: <laughs> thank okay, you mine. Dennis
1: Introducing Mordeo, a new iHeartRadio fiction thriller podcast from the creative minds of Blumhouse and Crip TV. One month after two brothers disappear in the Shenandoah forest, the lone survivor of the pair emerges starving, disoriented, and traumatized.
4: I can hear it. What are you talking about? It's in my head. It, it whispers to me. It says, out here.
1: What happened out there in the woods And what dark secrets still remain Threatening to create something unspeakable Look at this skull No way this thing is a deer though Look at the size of the teeth Predator for sure Beware The monster you're running from Might be yourself
5: This, this is what I am This
1: is what i become <laughs> <laughs> Listen to Mordeo on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Hi, I'm Ethan Adelman, host of the new podcast, Psychoactive. I founded the Drug Policy Alliance, which has been at the forefront of the effort to legalize marijuana and end the broader war on drugs. But what's next? What's the future of drugs? On Psychoactive, I'll be talking with scientists and politicians, celebrities and activists about all things drugs. Why do we have receptors in our brain that fit molecules made by poppy plants?
2: You know, I think ecstasy saved my marriage. Drugs are something I recommend to
1: long-term couples. We had to adopt this idea that there's this disease called alcoholism. No matter how many drugs this particular person was selling,
5: you shouldn't be able to kick someone's door down and then murder them.
4: Psychoactive is out now. Listen to Psychoactive on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Hey, welcome to part two of the special Behind the Podcast of Bear and a Banjo. I'm Zach Selwyn. I am now in a studio owned by Pooh Bear. Black Star. Thank you, Black Star. It's my second time here, the first time you didn't notice. I just kind of snuck in, but then I left. I was kicked out, really. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you, my friend. Uh, Jingle is with me as well. You guys are the musical forces behind the Bear and Banjo podcast, which is doing exceptionally well right now. You guys are ahead of Fish, the White Stripes, you're hanging around with Dolly Parton. I mean, you guys are in that <laughs> in that echelon bad, of musical podcasts. Not bad
4: for a fake band.
6: Not bad for a fake band. And I want to start with you, Pooh Bear. How'd you guys first meet, you and Jared? Oh, man. I met Jared
3: at a bar, um, Mr. Nice Guy, and um, strange enough. There were um, it was it was alcohol involved and sure. actually it seemed that though Justin Bieber kind of introduced me introduced us and it was, it was crazy because I really wanted to get into I wanted to write jingles for television you know so we exchanged numbers and unlike music industry um, people we actually like reached out to each other the next day and I think we like even.
4: The next day we got together. We got
3: together. And there was a project. It was a project. That's what really started it.
4: It really was crazy because, you know, I... to paraphrase what he was saying, I was hammered. <laughs> and I met Be- – I don't know Bieber at all. I He wouldn't know me. But I met him in that one moment, and, and I was like, oh, I'm the king of jingles. Uh. <laughs> and he was like, that's – I make music too. I was like, shish, shish, shish. But I'm the king of jingles. <laughs> and he's like, you got to meet my friend Pooh He's the best writer in the world. And the next day, it was one of those things where I, back in my drinking days, not like the way I am now, but when I would stay out till like <laughs> 5 in the morning – I googled Pooh in the morning and I was like, oh my goodness, that's like a real guy. Like he really makes big, big songs. So we got together and History Channel was in the middle of this thing for Roots, the miniseries. And Krista shows up at the office, meets Pooh Bear and I. And she, to this day, she goes, Jared, you were 0% chance getting to do the music for Roots. The miniseries, but I'd already done <laughs> Pawn Stars and and all these other things. She's like zero percent, zero. Like there's no chance. And Pooh came by, and I, I was just like, oh, I really hope you know she digs Poo, and it was magical because you know it's that weird moment between when someone says we might do the job, and hey, send us the music, yeah. and I picked up a banjo instead of a guitar, and you were like, and I remember I did like the. Uh, born this way, dun, dun, dun. and you oh, do that, and yeah. then we got together the next day. I'm so naive and stupid because I didn't realize that. Now that I've worked with you a lot, I realize how frightening it is to be your engineer and <laughs> all these other things and we recorded this song at my desk but that was it turned into one song and then they loved it and then they I called you back and I remember they said they want two, and they want to shoot a music video and that's what is that's when it got weird
6: and
5: it so was it like, started da-da-da. off
6: yeah it started off with the roots miniseries yeah after you guys initially got together creatively. How long after that, and the success of that, did Bear and a banjo come together, and you guys collaborating on songs for what became a record and now a podcast?
4: I think things really started to go when around the time you were doing the Red Bull Doc, because you were you. He put me into the storyline of all the he was working with huge people like Jay Valvin and. Robin and and Bieber and he shows up at my office one day with cameras, which is a very Jingle Jared thing to do, <laughs> not a Pooh Bear thing to do. Because <laughs> I'm the guy that shows up with like five cameras. I was like, no big deal. We're, We're just sh- <laughs> It's like in Along Came Polly. We're doing the behind the music on Jingle Jared. But your thing was really real. And then a few months later, it's so strange since I've known Pooh Bear because the most amazing things have happened. I show up uh, a few months later at a premiere and there's a real movie that I'm really in, alongside some, like, real people.
3: Real, real people, that's so funny. And
4: I'm not usually in stuff like that. And then things started to really fast forward, and we did Steven Tyler, wow, g Easy okay. for UFC, and then we almost became, like, a fake band that well, was, we like, a fake making, business. Well, that's
3: what we were doing. We were, like, we were this fake band, like how people had fantasy football league. Yeah. We had a fantasy band. And it's like, for me, like, I always wanted to be able to sing music, you know, in this lane, in, in the Americana genre. And it was like, wow, here's my chance to really be able to to um, escape my, my everyday norm. Yeah. And it really turned into us doing songs for these artists. We were, like, basically just doing records, fake songs for Baron Banjo. That was like this sound and we were able to you know place those songs on you know for those big campaigns and in doing so we were creating this this sound for ourselves this fake sound <laughs> and we just turned into an actual album because we like we got we kind of were like yo let's just make a song every saturday
4: and so we do like a real song and yeah. then on the way out, i was like hey Do you want to say like twenty more minutes and like check out like Bear Banjo song and Mm -hmm. he would just sing on it and then I felt like I'm a music industry nerd. I like reading about Alan Lomax and you know the Bristol Sessions and I met around the same time I met Pooh Bear. I met T Bone in the same way that I met Pooh. I was just hammered at. (laughs) <laughs> uh, this the Sunset Towers, and I said, oh, I love my brother out there. You're so cool. I wanted to be your brother. He goes, oh, if you have anything, anything that's interesting that's in the Americana space, send it my way. I sent him uh, Born This Way, the first song we did, and he goes, you guys should do a full record. So I would just send him scraps of like a minute and a half of pure vocal awesomeness that Pooh would do on top of blues guitar. And, you know, I was like, is this enough to make a full song? Is this like... Is it, you know, and he would just arrange it in a way where there was no additional vocals needed. We would take the Airstream vocals where we'd recorded my... Tin can, where you were doing the bullet mic and the little,
3: yeah. you know,
4: singing through an amp.
3: I missed the bullet mic.
4: We're gonna bring that back for the
3: Please, tour. Yo, I don't want to do this. If we don't have the bullet mic back, <laughs> need to get a note this. to producers. Yeah. Let's
6: get the bullet mic. But
4: Thank the you. crazy <laughs> thing was, we so next thing you know, like T, everyone thought that I was lying to each side. Like T Bone had never met Pooh Bear, Pooh Bear had never met T Bone. None of you guys even like, and we, I, it was since 2000. I look at my phone. 2016 17 18 and then we get to 2000 the beginning of 19 and i go well we better figure out what to do with this album and in and around mid i think it was 18 we get the call that bob dylan is agreeing to give us some music that we can work with yeah (laughs) and i remember you coming to my office and plunking the sheet in front of you and because you know, much like Baron Banjo, there's like the very authentic Pooh Bear, and then there's the carnival, you know, P.T. Barnum Jingle Jared. And I place these lyrics in front of me. And goes, Dylan wrote these. <laughs> I'm
3: like, this this could be from
4: anybody. Anybody, like, yeah.
3: <laughs> you just type Bob Dylan's name. You weren't 100
4: percent sure, were you? The- Hell
3: no, bro. Like,
4: <laughs> like these words came from Bob Dylan. <laughs> How long did it take for you to get those lyrics and turn it into what the song became?
6: Oh no, I. I don't know 10 minutes 40 th- minutes 20,
3: 15 minutes soon. and then I
4: said are we done and he goes he always when he finishes the song he goes yeah we're done <laughs> and I was like are you certain and he's like yeah and I was like well if you some people want to fuck with something a thousand different ways but when it's good it doesn't take more than 15-20 minutes
3: no yeah that's it's the opposite in my world like this I'm working on something for a long time it usually sucks yeah so the faster the, the faster we feel it and get it out there. Well, out of, out of all
6: the songs in this podcast, how long do you guys think it took you to make the record in no. its entirety?
3: I mean, honestly, like, if time wasn't a factor, um, we would get together basically every Saturday and just write a song for 20 minutes. That was it.
4: But it was like a four-year experience it of was 20 minutes. Year, yeah. <laughs> Little things like we didn't. And I am so paranoid because I always think things have to come out now. They have to come out. And I sat with T Bone, and I'm not a patient guy. Like, I went from Jingle Jared, like, 2008 to building a business that we sold. So I'm used to things happening quick. And I remember being in a real mental funk about this whole thing, being like, when when should I put it out? And T Bone goes, well, you could put it out in like next week. You could put it out in four years. You could put it out in 20 years. He's like, It's just good. Like, that's all that matters. It's just good. And I was like, But I really want it to come out. He goes, well, that's the worst way to think about it. You shouldn't really think about it being like coming out now. Just think about coming out when it's ready. I got a question for, for Pooh Bear about
6: music in general. You know, there's a timeless element to a lot of the stuff you guys are mentioning in the podcast. You know, you're working with Bob Dylan. You're working with T-Bone Burnett. You know, and in your history, you've worked with incredible artists. Would you say you find a difference in working in the Americana space versus working in the previous spaces you worked as far as like Longevity and the way music moves now versus the way it used to work back in the day. Um, I just feel like
3: everything's different but the same. Um, at, at the end of the day, the song has to be amazing, the hook has to be hooky, and it has to be simple and effective. And so, for the different genres, it just it was just way more exciting doing, you know, Americana, just because it's something that me coming from my culture and my, and my race, you know, it's kind of like as a kid it was looked at, looked at as not being that cool, you know, to listen to that or be into that. So to be able to to have that and, you know, really in the 90s, sneaking and listening to Third Eye Blind and Oasis and Nirvana and, like, just sneaking in, like, hearing that stuff, it, it made me like, oh, I would love to do something like that. And then years and years later, our fantasy band, you know, I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, I could do that shit right now, you know, and... Really, but at the same time, doing a fantasy band is still like we're still sensitive, you know. Still, we still don't want it to just be whatever, even though it's a fantasy band, it's still like our, our passion, you know, and our art.
4: And to be honest, a lot of the stories that ended up being part of the fantasy story, you know, that is our backstory, everything in the podcast, if you really know the weird things that Pooh Bear and I have done. We've shown up at Pro Bowl Riding in MAGA Country, where like a Jewish guy from <laughs> Toronto, Pooh Bear shows up. And he's like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, Yo, we we, need to get the hell out. We of writing, we, yeah. we went to uh, we went to France, yeah. where we've been to uh, the Marlins, like all these little things that are written into the story in the last episode, which I won't give away. Essentially, Pooh Bear's story from his documentary, like when I saw the Red Bull doc that the people who directed and produced it created about him. I I didn't know anything about Pooh Bear's life except for the fact that he made amazing music. We had a lot of fun together and we hung out. And then when I saw that, I was so moved by some of the things that had actually happened in his life that got him to where he was that like most people don't know much about people who work in music and what it takes to tell stories. But you are, you know, it's, you're at least twenty years into the business, more. Twenty three. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize that you were writing songs, you know. Had I known any of this stuff before we actually got together, I probably would have approached the our first meeting with a bit more caution and come with a bit more, <laughs> more with an engineer and this and maybe an idea. No, but but, nobody cares. But um, you know, the fact that I've been able to do all this cool stuff with Pooh Bear, um and write it into the fiction of what we're doing, I think that's what people have reacted to because, uh, you know, it's the first time I've ever done a podcast. I'm certain it's the first time you've ever done a podcast. Yeah. And I wanted it to come in at a level where there was some level of, you know, entertainment with the music, some level of education with, I love musical history and I overthink things, but Pooh Bear naturally understands the blues and Folk music, those things don't have to be explained to him. It's like I pick up a guitar and go, oh, you know, one, three, five, and all of a sudden there's this complex melody over it. But I think that that is why T-Bone reacted to it the way he has. I think that's the the reason why Dylan got involved in this, and I think that's the reason why, you know, we're sitting next to Dolly Parton and the White Stripes and other very serious musical ideas right now. Yeah. If, if
6: this keeps going on, which looks like it will, you got a season two, a season three, tell me what you see happening next and what you who you would like to collaborate with, like dream collaborators as far as like taking it down the line, if there's anybody.
3: I really feel like
6: a cool thing would be to be able to, to work with
3: people who, you know, the greats that aren't here anymore. That's cool. It's, a great it's, it's special to be able to hear what type of vocals we can get our hands on you know, that
6: they that, that yeah. haven't been heard, just some recordings. Yeah, you're hearing a lot of stuff now come out. I mean, it happened when, when Pac and, and Biggie, when they passed away, like all of a sudden these other records were coming out remixed by artists of the day, kind of to fit the sound that was coming out at that time. Mm-hmm. Could be an interesting concept to take those same kind of songs that maybe might not have hit the public the way they wanted at the time and taking a fresh approach to them now, you know, like yeah. something like that be kind of cool. Remix them. Be fun
4: we're almost remixing culture because it's not even about the music we're just in history inserting ourselves into sister rosetta tharp little richard ronnie hawkins and just picking parts of, of history apart and i you know when we were talking with dennis quaid today the the whole concept for me really made sense when i started watching this ken burns documentary about uh, country music and you'd see a photo of like 20 people and all of a sudden they keep pulling back and there's two people there that aren't supposed to be there, that aren't from that time or that place, and that's what Bear and Banjo are. They just show up. I've seen those pictures. You know what I mean? Like I've seen And those it's like pictures. an alien is like in the thing waving or uh, no, something no, no. on an iPhone on a phone. In the 1950s, on a phone. You know, I've like, seen that in the 20s. <laughs> but oh, yeah, that, that that girl
6: walking to the movie on the like,
3: phone. Yeah, I've seen
4: that. Yeah. That's time kind problems, of what yeah. the thing is. It's like we're ta- it. there's a little bit of like uh, is that us quantum leap? That's about it. Is, yeah.
3: and Banjo, we we quantum leaping.
4: And uh, it's fun writing about it because you can nerd out on history, but also lie to people about what actually happened in history. (laughs) I know we're kind of getting
6: limited on time. I want to ask both of you guys, because, Jared, you play the lead actor, really, in this, besides Dennis uh, Banjo. You have a big part of it. You're narrating it. You're guiding us through. Pooh Bear, your character is a little less involved. How did that come about, and were you comfortable... Or uncomfortable with like the acting part of the whole thing.
3: Um, you know what? I was comfortable with it just because it's really not a real band, and so I just wasn't nervous. And just because I look at it like that, and that way I don't, I protect myself and protect my feelings. You know, and um, so it allowed me to be myself, and I'm bare. And just added, you know, with a little, it was fun, man. It was really like pretending. I didn't get a chance as a kid to really pretend much. I wasn't in the toys. So now that I have a kid, you know, it was kind of it's kind of cool to pretend
4: yeah. as an adult. And it was, I wanted to make sure that the Pooh Bear or the Bear character was also very mysterious where he solves problems through the music and he comes with good advice. It's almost like a fable. And my voice, again, to protect myself and the levels of masking of the story i just i love bob dylan and i know that throughout his career he's used several voices to sing and Mm -hmm. actually speak throughout his career and rap and every he'd really and if you listen to his uh Mm -hmm. uh nobel prize speech he really is speaking like a (laughs) Like a blackjack dealer from Kansas City in like the, you know, the 50s. It's like, hey, that's when I was ran away from home when I was a Connie. Like, it's all made up. It's There's nothing that's real. So it's right, like right. if you're truly in the 30s, 40s, and 50s with me and uh, Bear, Banjo would be this big liar who's adapting to every environment. He's in like Zelig. So I was like, I'm just going to go with that voice I heard him do. <laughs> That's the one, and and, and <laughs> I said to Dennis, I was very insecure, and I was like, "What do you think?" He goes, "It's perfectly moronic for what it is that Jay Banjo is, which is he's a big liar." Yeah, it's, and he's it's perfect. It his, sounds great. Yeah, and he, and he his voice could change if he was hanging around British people. It might change if he's hanging around Canadians. Right, right, but, right, uh, right Madonna like,
6: did that too, right? <laughs> Who? Madonna. She'd come out all also. Madonna, She'd say, Hello, guys, British Nicky, all you know.
4: Cheers. <laughs> My <laughs> new
6: record is amazing <laughs> I think as
4: people get richer They become British sometimes Yeah man <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't got it yet Five years from now Who was like hello <laughs> Hello mate yeah. Hello mate
6: Good British. on you."
5: <laughs>
6: well thank you guys so much uh, Baron and Banjo
4: This has been a little special actually, I actually have one last question Before we wrap What would you say Is the weirdest thing That's happened Since you've known me In terms of like The craziest the story thing this interview
6: maybe cuz i know <laughs> what it is i don't know
4: if you remember the weirdest thing that ever
3: happened um i would probably just say your suit
4: that's the, that's one of the weirder things what would, you, what would you say i that place in atlanta you took me to oh the blue flame the blue flame yeah
3: um, that was a culture shock for you. That
4: really was. Yeah. I think I walked in and I didn't have enough information to know <laughs> I that I should I have been freaked place. out. <laughs> been the blue Are there poles so involved I, in the blue yes, plane? I, I always yes. I never know anything that's ha- I'm Dude, like kind of like, like my place. first day on Earth every day. So I didn't know at the time, but that place was that place was pretty hard. But full circle, much like when I met Pooh Bear, I didn't Google him till the next morning. I didn't Google Blue Flame till the next morning. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ, where did you take me to? Start Google. Because everything people. that came under the Google See, was death, murder. Yeah, murder. Death, death kill <laughs> you. Shooting. Yeah, yeah. But it was really, I found it to be very hospitable. Everyone was really nice to me. <laughs> well, They must have thought I was was the head of this, the the cartel. You were wearing the bear and banjo suit? No, I just walked in like dressed like a cowboy hat on, on, for sure. That was a lot of fun. The bear and banjo
6: suit has pretty much it deserves a podcast of its own. (laughs) Yes, for Uh, sure. If anyone hasn't seen it, go take a look at any of the press kits or any of the stories online. Any visuals, you're going to see it. Google (laughs) image that. See what Jared commissioned for this uh, band and this, this show, which, you know. We're all enjoying, and I thank you guys for sitting down with us here. And thank you, talking more. You Thanks know? for having us, man. Thank you. Blue flame address for anyone interested in Atlanta is oh, uh, no?
4: just Google it. it. Just you'll you'll Google that. No. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a that's a true fictional story. They're gonna sponsor season two. By the way, don't wear a Yankee hat in there either. No, I did that.
6: That's uh, what I was wearing, and someone was like, "You better take that off." I'm like, "Yep." Taking it off. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> All right. Anyway, Jared, gootstap Pooh Bear, continued success, Bear and Banjo. Keep listening. Keep uh, downloading. Tell your friends. Share. Get on social media. Promote it. Make it happen. And get prepared for the final episode, which is going to blow everyone away, especially when you hear what we've been cooking up in the
4: studio. And uh,
6: thank you, guys. You're welcome. Thank you.
4: Okay, that was my conversation with Dennis Quaid and Pooh Bear and I hope that you enjoyed. We greatly appreciate you tuning in and following us on our Bear and a Banjo musical and story journey. You can find all the songs and the music discussed wherever you stream your music under Bear and a Banjo. We're going to play for you two songs that have not come out from the podcast just yet, but these are previews of our collaboration with Bob Dylan and next week's episode is a very special one because Zach Brown is going to remix one of the songs from the soundtrack and release it as a single. These are a preview of those songs. Thank you again so much. We hope you enjoy. ¶¶
5: my window While it rainfall for three days straight Sometimes I wonder how long my baby gonna make me wait Yeah Gone But not forgotten Yeah, yeah, yeah Crying wouldn't make us dead To nobody, oh no, ain't got no.
4: Hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you dig the music from our soundtrack, you can stream it anywhere you get music and at the iHeart app. The remix of Can You Hear Me Now features Zach Brown on vocals alongside Baron A Banjo. This song will be available as a special single from our soundtrack November 8th across all platforms. Oh, and if you dig the series, please share with your friends and make sure to give us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast app.
5: I got a chauffeur hey. to take them on a show, yeah
1: Don't think that you know everything about your child, because there's something that they're not telling you. If I knew that this was going on, I would have went out there and brought my child back home.
2: When Africa Hardy died in 2014, it seemed completely random. But it wasn't. It was part of a pattern. This is Algorithm, a podcast investigating a modern serial killer and how he could have been stopped. Listen to Algorithm Now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows.
1: You know their best selling albums, sold out concerts, and iconic music videos. Now find out the stories behind the songs, behind the stars, and behind the drama with Behind the Music, a new podcast from MTV and iHeartRadio, featuring the stories behind some of the biggest names in music, including 50 Cent. Madonna, ACDC, and many more. Ready to find out what really happened? Go beyond the headlines and get the story behind the music. Listen to Behind the Music on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
5: Hey, how it do, y'all? I'm Uncle Drank,
0: star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me!